0: Welcome to this week's episode of the Better Than Fine podcast. I'm personal trainer, wellness coach, and positive psychology practitioner, Darlene Marshall. And spooky season is here. The pumpkins, they are a-spicing. The corn up the hill is rustling in the wind. Uh, And all around my neighborhood are those gigantic skeletons that they make at Home Depot. Uh, And I could not think of a better time to invite one of my absolute favorite people, one of my absolute favorite practitioners, to the show, I have a very clear memory of the first time that I spoke to today's guest. We were in grad school together, University of Pennsylvania positive psychology program, and she asked me a bit about myself, and you know, like you do when you're first meeting somebody in a professional setting, and then I asked her a bit about herself, and she was kind of like, yada yada, professional yada yada, I'm a total weirdo because I'm obsessed with death. Um. And then she showed me a variety of her skull accessories and we had a deep dive conversation about the memento mori motif that's all over Rome that I'm kind of obsessed with, uh, which I'm sure she's going to explain in our conversation today. So it's that's a slice of what it's like to have a conversation with Jody Wellman, uh, the most delightful conversation that you will ever have about an incredibly morbid topic that most of us try to avoid. And that's why I invited her to come on the show. Jodi is a speaker. She's an author, an executive coach. She's a facilitator. And she describes it as she facilitates lives worth living, which I think is really a, an interesting phrase on the angle when we talk about the well being thing, which I know we talk about a lot on this show. She's the founder of 4000 Mondays, and she's also now an assistant instructor at the university of pennsylvania in the applied positive psychology program which i think is also super cool an expert on contemplate how contemplating our own deaths can spark life and i'm gonna let her explain what all that means because i think it's one of those things that when you say it to somebody they lean in they go huh uh or maybe some people run away screaming i don't know jody will have to tell us so without further ado Jodi Wellman, welcome back to Better Than Fine because I know before you were we were on the NASM network, you had done a couple of episodes with us and
1: so I'm excited for the newer listeners to know you. Oh, thank you for the warm welcome. I feel I feel embraced and also thanks for the memory about me calling myself a total weirdo. That that's uh, very accurate. Yeah. Well, yeah,
0: I mean, that's part of why we get along, right? We're both absolute (laughs) total weirdos.
1: (laughs) But weirdos for well-being.
0: And I think that's the best kind of weirdos to be.
1: Well said. Uh,
0: So tell us about Memento Mori and 4,000 Mondays. These are two (sighs) phrases that um, I think when you know what they mean, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of yeah. Mm -hmm. But when people hear you're a weirdo for death, I'm very, actually, I am curious. Do some people run away? Or do some people like, oh and shrink away
1: right well fortunately um no one has had the guts yet to fully run away when i talk about it um <laughs> but i do get some some raised eyebrows until i think i win them over and so here's the scoop this phrase called memento mori it's an old latin phrase and it dates back centuries and it translates to remember we must die okay and that's the part where people will think okay that sounds awfully morbid how fast can i exit the scene and yet wait, because the remembering we must die is totally on purpose and that's intentional. And it's not just so that we can sit around and be morbid and, you know, be total downers. I mean, that seems a little anti-positive psychology, but it's all in service of living like we mean it. And uh, and you had asked about 4,000 Mondays and yeah, I called my company that. And because that is approximately the human lifespan uh, so women roughly get 83, men roughly get 78. That's the kind of the average-ish in the middle is the 4,000 Mondays. And so that is the number that I like us to wake up to so that we can be aware and then, oh, you know, use the remaining time we have to our advantage. How many Mondays do you have left? Because you track it, do 1,881. <laughs> 1,881 Mondays. <laughs> <laughs> and counting. Yeah. Do you know how many
0: I- you have left? i don't know i know that the last time we spoke i went and tabulated it but i don't track it track it i have to go like look it back up so i'm not sure but i i you know who knows either way i try to keep that presence of thought because you i i know that you know this um no one on the internet knows this but i have a memento mori tattoo and you were one of the first one of the few people that has seen it because um and so i know for me one of the things we bonded over was I have a similar very positive reaction to this. Like, remember, it's a short-term project and you get
1: to decide what you get out of it, right? Yeah, I I love the phrase short-term project, you know, and I think that's where we delude ourselves, right? Is like, we have this sort of, we have to do this because we need to somehow mitigate anxiety and get through our busy days. But this notion of, um, of, not we're, we're conscious that we're going to die. No one here has received a spoiler alert today. News news flash.
0: <laughs> but, <You're
1: not> it. <laughs> that'd be awfully weird. Um, yeah. Santa's not true and we're going to die. And, uh. um, but that we know it's going to happen, but we absolutely gloss over it. And we intentionally keep sort of deferring the idea. Um, other people might be dying around us as we age, but that's sort of, well. I'm, I'm going to still be okay. And we, we defer our existence. You know, we we defer the plans, the life that we want to live for later, for a later that may not come. And that's the part that grips me, like that's why I started doing all this, is that I can see how we collectively squander our lives. And it's not just other people out there. I'm not judging y'all. I'm judging myself too. This is what we do as humans is we do take our time for granted. And so this is our chance when we get really granular and I get granular with the Mondays, it's on purpose to say, wake up because this time is ticking down. And so therefore, how do you want to make the most of that time we have remaining? Yeah. And I think
0: we see this, right? You were once a personal trainer. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Long ago, long ago and far away. 100, 175 um, years ago. Yes. 175 Mondays ago. Um, and, years. and I think <laughs> we see this a lot in, in wellness and fitness and the health space, right? Where people think, oh, that's not going to be me, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be sick. I'm not going to age poorly. I'm not going to be incapable in some way. Totally. And they wake up to it at a point that, they couldn't intervene as
1: aggressively as they could have if they woke it up a few hundred Mondays ago. Yeah. Oh, oh, completely. You're tapping into something that in existential psychology, it's called this idea of personal specialness. And like, don't get me wrong, each and every one of you, you're totally precious and special in your own unique <laughs> ways. And also you're totally going to die. You're perishable. And so we have this thing where we, we do do that uh, sense of convenient um, bad things happen to other people. You know, so for example, when someone else, you know, other people get their car broken into, but if my car's broken into, like, oh, shock and horror, you know, or yeah. if you start to age and you get arthritis, oh, this is ridiculous. But it, like everyone around you is getting arthritis. Or so it's this notion somehow that we are impervious, that we will somehow not be exposed to the perils of humanity that everyone else around us is. And I'm like, you ain't so special, honey. Like yeah. you are completely. Going to experience uh, a, some sort of demise. So, like, one, now things are getting morbid. Things took a turn, darling. I'm done. done. Per- well, leave <laughs> it to me to give it the turn, lady. <laughs> Wait a second. Now let's just do a summary. You're not special, and you're dying slowly as we speak. You're a rotting corpse, anyways. But back to the point. <laughs> is- and you're we- neglecting yourself, and by the time you realize it, it'll be too late. Welcome right. to better than fine, <laughs> yeah. better than dead podcast. Dun, dun, dun yeah, uh, it's it again, all back to the point of we're surprised, and yet I want us to not be surprised. I want us to stop and go, yeah, the truth's the truth. It can suck. And yet let's use this to our advantage again. That's the whole point is how do we how do we hack life? Like I know back mm-hmm. in my back in your wellness world, like there ain't no shortcuts necessarily to getting fit and healthy. But there are some tips and tricks we can use along the way to enjoy the ride while we're on it. And that is, for example, about let's stop putting our heads in the sand and forgetting and conveniently denying and not wanting to have the conversation that our time is coming because it is, let's not linger there. Like, I don't want to have like a pity party about it. I just want to remember it and go, right. And now that means I need to take action on all the things that are on my bucket list because I may not even get 1,881 Mondays. Who's kidding who? Yeah. Yeah. I
0: mean, you're tapping into one of my favorite coaching questions to ask, which is, you know, if a a client is really stuck on a certain constraint, Mm -hmm. right? Like, oh, I can't do this. I can't do that. And this is why and blah, blah, blah. I'll play the game of them. Like, okay, I'm not going to tell you that's not real. That's your lived reality. We just did an episode a couple of weeks ago about gaslighting, right? Like gaslighting as a coach and gaslighting yourself. It's like, okay, validate it then. If that constraint is true, then what? What does that mean? And what are you going to do about it? And it's like, okay, instead of, you know, now I feel like we're taking that question really macro, instead yeah. of, I'm just not going to think about the temporal nature of human existence. Ah, it's like, no, no, okay, if that's true, if I really yeah. only get, you know, let's say my number was like 1500, if I only get 1500 more Mondays, yeah. what does that mean? And what meaning am I going to make out of it? And what am I going to do with it? Right. Is that like the essence of how existential psychology leverages us into well-being?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think it is. And you're just making me think about something that if for some strange reason, the idea of the official countdown is a tad too much of a turnoff. Okay, that's cool. Let's just work with where you can be comfortable enough to just get up and go. Right. Because yeah. that, that's all I want is like m- my goal is I always say I want to defang death, mostly just because I like the way it sounds. But I really like the idea of it, of <laughs> demystifying it. I'm I'm less interested in that. And I'm more interested in what it's going to take to get us to live. And the truth is that we need deadlines in order to take action. Right. And so for so many of us, and I think both of us, Darlene, as positive psychology practitioners, I'll be honest. I resent the fact that as human beings, we are wired in such a way that we are often more motivated to avoid pain than seek pleasure. You yeah. see this all the time at all the gyms, all the studios, right? It's because, yeah. you know, I, we all know the reasons why sometimes we are motivated to get into an exercise program. It's because we want to avoid the things we don't like about ourselves or because our doctor did say that our heart rates are not where they should be or blood pressure or whatever. Okay, fine. But if we, fine. So then I just say, all right, I can, like, I can. I can present that. And then I can say, but let's move on and do the thing and, and recognize the deadline, the deadline. Like, I don't know about you, but I need deadlines in order to get projects done. I wouldn't have written my book unless I had a deadline. I wouldn't have done anything unless I have a deadline. Oh, by the way, we all have a deadline and it's called 4,000 Mondays. And yeah, so That's why they
0: call it a deadline.
1: It <laughs> is that exactly that I mean. it. Drop dead. What do you want to do Your before drop you do, in fact, drop dead.
0: Oh, there's so many things I wanted to do before I dropped it, <laughs> One of them is, to remind our listeners, you're listening to the Better Than Fine podcast. I'm your host, Arley Marshall, and my guest today has a TEDx talk with 1.3 million, million views, was the 14th most viewed TEDx talk in 2022. Uh, her name is Jody Wellman, and we're here to talk about death. Uh, Jody, how did you
1: get in to death? <laughs> <laughs> how did I wade into the murky waters? Um, Ooh. Ooh, well, I've always been fascinated by it. And I, not, not like totally bizarrely, you know, growing up in a no, you, weren't, you weren't a weirdo growing up. You you grew into your weirdness. Well, I've just always had different versions of weirdness, let's be clear. But yeah. I've always found, okay, so here's the thing. Um, early career, like my first career at a college was as a personal trainer, right? Always been interested in in helping us live better. You know, like, how can we make the most out of this time? And then same thing after working corporately for 17 years, I got into executive and leadership coaching. Again, how do you like your work and your life better than fine? And and this juxtaposition is so not lost on me that we're all striving to just like and, and most times love, but sometimes just like life a little more and and just enjoy the ride. And also we're going to reach the deadline that I talked about. Like that combination is fascinating to me because we're all just swimming in so hard to love this life that will end. And that just the absurdity of it all has, it will never not astound me. And so I wanted to explore the weirdness of the finality of it all, just as much as the tips and ways that we can like life more while we're here. And um, my mom died in her late fifties. And by the way, I'm almost at the point, this occurred to me the other day, that my day will come soon when it will be, uh, I'll be at the age where um, my mom will have died 10 years later. So there's just a fun thought experiment of, oh my gosh, imagine if I was like my mom and I only had 10 years left, you know, how would I yeah. want to spend that time? Um, there's a, that'll be a fun exercise over a person. <laughs> <for someone. laughs> we should have um, a party.
0: Um, I think I we would. should also have a party on, I have a friend who recently had a party when he, he passed the birthday of, his father's age when his father had died and oh. he's perfectly healthy has none of the health indicators that he will follow in that path yeah um, and so when he transcended that age he had a, a big party so oh. we we'll can throw you a big party oh. someday
1: I love that well you're reminding me my mom had her first heart attack when she was at the age of 42 so when I turned 42 I made it like the year of the heart um Aww. which Originally it was going to involve a lot of cardio. Yeah, that didn't really pan out. But it a lot of heart shaped candy and cookies. But anyways, anyways Um, yeah. yeah. Side note: Jody is an incredible baker. Oh, thank you. The thank best, you. The best brownies. Mm, well, gotta have you. Gotta enjoy this life. Our four thousand Mondays in moderation, right? Um, but back to your question about like why I got into this. with my mom dying. Let's be clear. Um, a parent dying is always sad and and crappy, not always, but probably usually. And for me though, it was my perception that she died with so many regrets about all these paths not taken that that woke me up more than anything. You know, uh, it wasn't that life is short. It wasn't that I should really take better care of my cholesterol. Although that's true too. It was really about, wow, I am sitting on all these dreams that I have for myself and I'm just too chicken <laughs> to take mm-hmm. action on it. And so I saw in her on her death with all the manuscripts she didn't send out and all these business plans that she had all these ideas for and it, the dreams that just died with her. Oh god, did that ever grip me because that uh, that would have been maybe my path. And so it really jarred me and made me realize again the scarcity of time point one but point two is like I do not have time to be afraid of taking action on things um I need to remind myself of this consistently this isn't just like a one and- done cure just like practicing a memento mori intervention you know looking at a skull or counting your Mondays it doesn't mean we're ever you know fully back on track for life to not take it for granted but it's a consistent reminder that I do find helpful
0: yeah I think there's, there's two rich things in there for me right and first Just thank you for sharing with us about your mom. I think you speak to this idea that it's with you, right? The rest Mm -hmm. of your life. Um, The idea that it's a practice, right? It's like, okay, I'm not just going to journal about death once. And then I'm going (laughs) to like magically be alive in my heart and soul forever. Um, And also this idea that you talk about in your TED talk, which is, and and I know that it came from somewhere else. I just don't remember where I'm sure, you know, um, that it's very often at the ends of our lives that it's not the things we did that we regret. It's the things Mm -hmm. we didn't do. Um, I'm trying to remember who it was. Who was it?
1: Well, (laughs) that's Mark Mark Twain. There we go.
0: Um, Yeah. I kept, I kept thinking Tom Sawyer and I'm like, no, that's the character. Who's the writer? You get Um, half points. Yeah. Half these points is good enough for me. Like I I'll run with it. It's better than no points. (laughs) Um, But I think that's such an important point of we so often are so anxious and worried about taking the steps into creating whatever we want to create in the world yeah. or being our fully expressed selves in the world because we are afraid of how people might react or what might happen or we're going to fail or blah, 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 whatever stories we're telling ourselves. Yeah. But I I so appreciate when you make that point in your talk yeah. because it is those things that you look back on and say like, well, what if I had blank or what if I had done it sooner? What if I had done it earlier? What if I
1: totally, whatever. Yeah. Um,
0: Yeah. Are there things now that you look back at that you're like, Ooh, I'm so glad I grabbed the bull by the horns, like flip it the other way. The things that you're like, Oh, I jumped off that cliff right at the right moment. I'm so glad I didn't wait.
1: Oh my gosh. I love what you're saying. The research is so clear that the regrets of commission and omission elicit very different feelings for us. You know, mm. some regret of commission, something dumb we did. We can rationalize that over time, but it is the stuff that haunts us back to being spooky, haunted. Ooh. The idea of, ooh, um, I feel the need to have like a ghost fly across the screen somehow. Um, <laughs> the, those are the things where, you know, I, I always fast forward everything to the deathbed. Like what are the things at the end you might think, man, I just wish I had done that thing. I always said I wanted to go there or write that book or I wanted to do that thing. And it is it is exactly the path we didn't take that will often eat us alive. And, and and back to, I guess, old writers and poets, if I could bastardize Elizabeth Barrett Browning, I, for many of us, I do believe it's true that it's better to have lived and lost than never to have lived <laughs> at all. Um, nice. Right? Like, like of the things that you just said, like hypothetically, oh, it's good that you look back and think, okay, I did it even if we messed it up right even if it didn't work like even if you take the okay so i'll give you give you an example i joined a friend in palm springs here for an introduction to learn how to play bridge class don't laugh i was just like i I went, I was like this this is going to be hilarious right like i knew I, i was scared of it and and the truth is it was terrible <laughs> like, it, was, it was so horrifyingly bad. Like I, yeah, I, mean, I was so shamed, but fabulously, hilariously shamed. Of like, oh god! But I am so glad that I registered and went and tried. Right. right, like I just feel like I, I, I participated. Like I deserve the participation, the participation here, Darlene, yeah. that you are earning, right? Like I want this. Um, <laughs> but so we doesn't even have to win, but we feel good about ourselves afterwards for just giving it a go rather than not going at all. So that, that's the equation I think we have to evaluate sometimes.
0: Yeah. I'm reminded of like my own example that I want to share, um, of times that I didn't win. And at the time I beat myself up, Mm -hmm. um, not very many people realize even fans of the show and stuff that, you know, I had my first blog when I was 15, I had a blog almost continuously from, uh, from 1999 until like, I became a, Trainer like twelve years ago, uh, so a, a pretty big chunk of time. Um, and I've had I had a YouTube channel before I started this show. I've had you know other feeds that I would try to get off the ground, and at the time I felt like such a failure because I couldn't seem to market them in a way that gave them traction because mm-hmm. I just didn't understand some things that I know now. And so you see the show, and you're like, oh man, she had this podcast that has like been running for years, and it's like, wow, she just like did it. And it's like, well, no, I had. 15 years of failures before BTF managed to click um, partly from the encouragement of people like you Jody Woman um, but it are so many times that I told myself a negative story but I'm so grateful now that I had those reps when nobody was looking yes <sighs> because it oh. meant that when it mattered I could I knew what to do to pull it off
1: uh, uh, all. Background work, right? All training, like yeah. to bring it back to fitness. Like that that was the warm-up. That was the pre-training. Like you the had to go like, through <laughs> those reps. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Overnight You're sensation. Yeah, the magic.
0: Later. Yeah. Overnight sensation 15 years later. I like that line. Uh, you're listening to the Better Than Fine podcast. I'm your host, Arlene Marshall, and our guest is an ICF professional, certified coach, and a certified professional co-active coach. I don't know what that means, but maybe Jody could tell us. It's Jody Wellman, um, and you also talk about in your work this concept of like not aliveness, mm. and I think mm-hmm. that it's a really interesting like line mm. that you draw when you t- when you spell out your work. Mm. That okay, you're like your organs are functioning. You are moving through the world, but that's, I feel like so often people talk about like you're alive, but you're not living or what the heck ever. And I yeah. really like the way that you rephrase it, but can you speak to yeah. your construct of not aliveness and mm-hmm. how, how we flip that for mm-hmm. ourselves? if We realize like, oh no, I'm really not living a life here.
1: Exactly. Right. Well, you just reminded me, I am a fan of diagnosing the dead zones. Like I do find it helpful to be able to pinpoint, oh, these are the parts of your life where you're feeling flatlined. You know, maybe it's your social life or your love life, or maybe it's your health, right? You're feeling like you don't have the energy to do the stuff you want to do or not have the confidence, blah, blah, blah. So after sort of diagnosing, because most of us have that, like, it's not, a, it's not a mystery to us necessarily that our lives are feeling dead or in autopilot or bored in some way. It I think that the not aliveness is that we go through the motions quite well man, we know how to adapt and we know how to function in ways like I call it like highly functioning zombies where we can go through the motions and my greatest risk and I want to instill fear in every single person about <laughs> habits and routines. And I realize this is going to rankle possibly the entire fitness community because I recognize habits like healthy habits. Okay, they're good, right? Like I, I'm not trying to wreck someone from Monday, Wednesday, Friday, my exercise keeps the wheels on the bus and i that's what keeps my life in order i'll give you that one maybe because it's healthy like just like mm-hmm. dental hygiene don't mess with those habits but where life starts to become dull is where we get into the unthinking habit and routine that leads to boredom because we're mindless right so it's yeah. just going through the motions and that's that's like blow that up into a do we want to live a going through the motions kind of life probably no. the answer is no. So okay. for example, with the workout, if it's just the same thing every time that's the opportunity to incorporate novelty. And then you're like, trust me, no trainer in the right mind would ever have anybody do the same thing at the same time. But for people who are on their own, so that's to but, but, um, novelty, like shaking things up is so important for our experience of feeling alive. And so when yeah. we find ourselves, in these autopilot routines, and we feel maybe even a little bit bored of the same thing, maybe it's the same dinner thing we've got going on, the same date night, the same thing we do every weekend, because it's just like, we just unthinkingly do it. That's a version of, of boredom. And, And by the way, I've always loved the notion that boredom is the luxury of those who have lost perspective on their impermanence.
0: and that's interesting
1: right because we're not clued into the fact that dude your time's ticking like you may not even get all those mondays that you just calculated like you could have it could be four more mondays or it could be a heck of a lot more than the average that's fine too but But i think we could flip that the other way though right like Mm -hmm. if it's a privilege how many people out there
0: have a daily constant reminder of their mortality because of their circumstances oh and we don't really have that here. And I mean, like, as we're recording this, I can think of two big old examples that we're not going to step on those get canceled bombs. But like, yeah, yeah. there are, yeah. there are some acute places in the world where your mortality is a constant reminder and you don't need a motif on top of a coin or a crypt or a tattoo or whatever. Yeah. Right? like, well, I think right. we forget how lucky we are.
1: We definitely do. And I spent part of the weekend at an event with cancer survivors and had the privilege of listening to them reiterate everything I've ever read and heard about people who have had the brush with death and they have an appreciation on life that the rest of us mere freaking mortals don't have. And they are so much clearer on what their priorities are because now they've come close and they're like, all that stupid stuff I used to care about, like how fast I responded to that email, doesn't matter anymore although I'll always be neurotic about responding to emails. But anyways, we (laughs) lose perspective. And I do think that back to this idea of practicing memento mori and remembering, right, like life's short. Like like I'm going to need to get on. I'm going to need to maybe snap out of this routine that might be quite frankly lulling me into a go-with-the-flow existence that works when we need it to, when we need to unplug from high-stress times, of course – but as a rule of thumb, a way of living, it's not usually the liveliest version of our lives that we could be living. So that when we get to the end, are we going to feel that sense of like, I killed it? you know? And it's all relative to you. Like I don't have a prescription about what killing it means for you. It could be a very kind of peaceful sort of like uh, light on social interaction life. Or for you, it could be balls to the wall all the concerts all the everything all the volunteering all the time like only you know what your recipe is for a life well lived that i look at in two ways right like living wider with vitality and deeper with meaning so some of us want to widen our lives even more because we are feeling a little bit bored and we haven't got back on the horse after covid like getting back on the routine that we not routine Ritual. The good the routine is Ooh. not good. Rituals good about having maybe a fun road trip every summer with the friends or something, or meaning that sense of maybe connecting to something bigger than you, going back to visit some sort of a spiritual angle, or maybe it is about getting involved in your community in some way. However, you know, you come alive and, and yet you, you forget because as adults, we get so busy and so responsible and swept up in the current of responsible work. But when we do stop and we take our pulse in a different way, like our like our vitality pulse, our aliveness pulse and go, you know, there are so many things I used to do that brought me so much joy or fulfillment or both. And what if I rekindled that again? Like, what if I, because time's ticking, I keep thinking, you know, oh, I'm going to blow the dust off that guitar that I've got Stored, for example, this is, I've heard this from clients, like the old musical instrument or hobby or language you started to learn, but stopped learning. We all think, oh, I'll get to, I'll get to it. I'm going to go, oh yeah, it's on my horizon. Mm, Your horizon might be closer than Uh, you think.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I buy that. Um, and I think if we, we continue down this path of like, okay, the horizon might be closer than you think. There's a time pressure that we can use to spark ourselves alive. I think we're in a moment right now where there's a lot of people that don't have the resources, the resilience, the the structure to their life that they might have had even a couple of years ago. Um, Or I think the other thing that's happening right now that makes this this episode so timely is a lot of people are waking up to Mm. the aftermath of the last few years. Right. Yeah. That like COVID changed their life, it changed their behavior, or it changed them mm-hmm. this acute period of stress. Mm-hmm. Um, and not just in, in the United States. Like I think we're seeing this play out in the global stage in a lot of mm-hmm. really ugly ways too. Mm-hmm. And I guess where I'm going with this is I think mm-hmm. it's really easy if you've got resources to be like, Yeah, I'm gonna take that vacation to Bali and like go to Italy and eat pray, love it, like, yeah, <laughs> pump me some pasta, and then I'm gonna meditate. And it's like not everybody has that luxury or resource. Mm -hmm. And I know there's also a Mm -hmm. lot of people who are suddenly caring for elder parents while struggling to pay bills while also with children, right? Like there's all of this pressure (sighs) combined with uncertainty. Yeah. So I guess what I'm saying is if you don't have the resources to just dump and cut to Thailand. Yeah. How do you fill your life with life if you feel like your life is nothing but constraints
1: right now? Yes. Yes. I love this question so much that it's painful in a good way because this is one of my very most favorite things about the art and science of being alive in a way that you want is that we underestimate the impact of simple pleasures and joys Hmm. because oh my golly like do we not we're all or nothing thinking I know I get it too (laughs) where we're like uh, in order for me to be living, like um, living, like I mean it, it does mean I've got to be doing the, whatever. And you, you fill in the blanks, right? It's got to be these vacations. It's got to be look. It's got to look good for social media. Maybe I've got to be like going out on all the trying all the restaurants or going really deep and starting a nonprofit. Like let's pull the reins back for a sec and actually analyze what life is. It's like. Life is a collection of increments of time, just all stitched together. And when you get intentional about even a 20-minute increment of your life, even a five-minute increment, you're that strapped for time because you're looking after dogs and elderly parents and young children. First of all, that sounds hard. Second, though, if you've got five minutes, that's a five-minute increment you can design to bring you joy. And my recommendation is, I do this in workshops all the time, write out a list of 30 things that make you happy. And and, and the key is, is that 25 of them at least have to be accessible things you can do kind of in a given day. And for many people, you know, I think about one woman I know who she's like, I just love in between all of my WebEx and Zoom calls, I just go outside and just peek on my garden. I just look at the tomatoes and I just see what's going on and and it just centers me. And I come back in and I am a better version of myself for that next meeting. Or think about how you spend your lunch. I've been using this example lately because it's just such an easy tidbit. And many people, they're like, lunch? What lunch? I'm just scarfing food back at my desk. Okay, I'm not here to tell you back to time crunches or cash crunches. Um, You don't need to go take an hour and have a liquid lunch. Um, That doesn't sound like fun. But you <laughs> can be mindful and go, do you do the thing most of us do, which is find something edible and also then just like answer a bunch of emails, probably be on a screen. And or you could choose to spend it just a touch different. What if it meant scurfing back your food fine, but just what if you just sat outside and while you were maybe just look at some birds or or read a chapter in your novel, and I work with some people where they're like, I don't have time to read a chapter, I'm already stressed. I'm like, "Great! what if you read a page? What could that do for you? And so all of this, I realize when I say it, it sounds sort of eye rolly simplistic, but you all know, and I know your listeners know, cause we know the impact of physical activity even, the benefit of even just going for a walk around the block or walk to the mailbox and back, how that can change your day, which dare I say, I'm gonna aggrandize this, Changing that five-minute experience of walking to get the mail, movement, fresh air, look at something in nature, get your head out of that stupid project you've been working on, that changes your five minutes, which changes your next meeting, which changes your afternoon, which changes your life. So that did not cost anything. That did not cost a ton of time. It's about being deliberate with how do you like to spend little increments of time and do more of those things. That's it.
0: That's it. I think...
1: It reminds me so much our,
0: you know, our mutual friend, Cindy, um, in her work in micro moments, mm. right? Like I think when someone is struggling, they're languishing, they don't have the mm. life that they feel like their authentic self would be living. Mm. It's very easy to think, well, I just have to blow everything up because nothing works. Yeah. Um, and as a person who took that strategy, it's a really intense strategy. I don't recommend it for the pain of heart. Um, but if life is lived At moment to moment in the emergent time of the reality you're in, right? Like you and I right now are living this moment together. Mm -hmm. And when our listeners listen to this episode, they'll be living that moment. And Mm -hmm. so often we're not actually living in Mm -hmm. the micro moment. And so you want to feel different in your life, Mm -hmm. but you're not willing to conceive that like, it could be as small as focusing on the moment you're in. Yeah. Trying to make that moment a bit better. Yeah. And when you taught, when you said simple pleasures, I thought, yes, that's why your brownies are so good. <laughs> oh, thank you. I'm, I'm angling. I'm going to see Jody at the end of the week, and I'm angling for her to bring me brownies. <laughs>
1: see what we can range,
0: wink, 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 dodge, dodge. Um, but I do think that that this speaks to this idea in Buddhism of present moment awareness, right? Like, there's so many different places we see the same idea and theme play out mm-hmm. that. If you are in the moment you are in and you are being intentional about investing in that moment, yeah. that does have a ripple cascade. Yeah. But when you're languishing or you're just suffering, you yeah. think that it can't be that simple. Like, do you yeah. have any thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I do. Um, give it a try. It's that we, I think we try to smart ourselves out of it and, and we will stick to our beliefs because I believe what I believe strongly too. And then it's just, well, what if I tried something different just, just just for this next little increment? So for example, I think it's a combo of uh, not just trying to aim to do the thing you know you like, but also try to eliminate a thing you know you don't. So I don't know about you, but I used to have a habit of scrolling through my newsfeed and it, it's addictive. They design it to be so they're winning. And I would <laughs> never feel good when I was done. Sc- like I've never got what I wanted. I didn't even know what I wanted. I wanted something interesting or juicy or newsy or fun. And I was just scrolling endlessly and I would end every, let's just say it was a five minute session of scrolling, scrolling, click, board, scroll. I'd always feel a little bit dead inside, like imperceptibly, but actually perceptibly versus I know what makes me feel alive now. And so if I have a five minute increment between meetings, I'm going to go on live. You ever been on explore.org? no. Oh, my gosh. I'm yes. about to be. <laughs> so goodbye to all your productivity. But it's worth it because it's basically right. live animal cameras around the world on Ooh. animals, even in shelters. It's crazy. <laughs> but all, all I'm getting at is for some people that would be like, yeah, no thanks. I'd rather scroll through my newsfeed. Well, then you do that. And I'll yeah. look at animals. Uh, I'll look at an owl somewhere in its nest. And, and, and that will bring me joy for five minutes because it's just a conscious choice. So or yeah, it's, it's, it's just... These are just deliberate. This all goes back to being deliberate, and the boring thing that I'll be the first to admit that it is not. It's not snazzy. It's when we identify the stuff that makes us feel alive, and that's our job to do because no one's going to deliver it to us or for us. Sometimes it happens. Someone's going to bring you a cake on your birthday, maybe. But other than that, you're you're you are your own entertainment and vitality director in your life. So you have to design it and say. I know that these things lift me up, these things make me feel dead, okay, therefore I'll do less of them, and when am I gonna schedule them in? This is the part that's unglamorous, is the schedule. Like, how many times have you said to a friend, oh my gosh, we totally have to get together, and you mean it, but then if you didn't put it in the calendar and they didn't put it in the calendar, you're not meeting. You have to book it in the calendar. If you say, like you said earlier, I wanna like about going to Italy, oh, okay, if you wanna go, To Tuscany, uh, do your little eat, pray, love thing. Like, (laughs) if you have the resources. Okay, good. When? When are you going to book it? You have to book it. And I actually even subscribe um, to the notion of planning some of those micro moments. Like, it'll be a conscious thing where the husband and I will often meet up for lunch and uh, we'll synchronize our time. And we have been eating outside, which is nice, but there are some times where we'll intentionally watch a funny clip on YouTube of a comedian we like because it's an intentional, I just want to laugh, you know? So planning, 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 put it in your calendar, uh, and then let life happen in a, in a way that is going to be way better than if it just happened to you or if you scroll through your newsfeed.
0: Yeah. And I think what I hear in there is, and, and I've known this of you, so this is not just this interview, but, um, you bring a degree of intentionality to how you structure and live the phases of your life, right? Because I've also known you through a phase transition. And um, that intentionality, I feel like so often is focused on, oh, I got to like live my purpose or build my business or, you know, whatever, whatever. Um, yeah. And for you, so much of that intentionality is, is like, what are you, what do you not want to regret? at the uh, end of your life or what yeah. makes you feel more alive right now. And I think it's just a really interesting application of all of those ideas.
1: Well, I appreciate you saying that. And you did just make me think of something too, because back to your your really important question about if we don't have resources, how do we live like we mean it? And I went immediately, my instinct is to go to the, you know, cheap and cheerful. And I will never not advocate <laughs> for those because <laughs> cheap and cheerful is amazing. Um, I also don't want to, not be a champion for the big stuff. And it may not be, Darlene, like what you were saying, like pressing the detonation button on your life. Because sometimes we need to eject. I don't recommend it. I'm not telling anyone to do it. No, I know. that. I mean, in rare circumstances, is that useful? But I also don't want to like only keep us small because this is about living wide and deep. And yeah, just keep in mind, like it can be so scary to change a career or to change a relationship that needs changing. Uh, or to make the bold move to like apply for the program or take that extra certification. And okay. So some of those things do require some financial resource and some time, but for most of these things, it's just as jumping over that hurdle of fear that is um, that is um, you know, lovely and awful simultaneously. And that like it, it to make a change, for example, in your work, it, may represent a short term, medium term hiccup, for example, but maybe not. And my only encouragement there is like, if there are bigger dead zones in your life, you could, you could infuse your life with lots of, you know, owls on the internet and checking your garden and having really yummy brownies. And that's going to help you and you still got to do the bigger thing that's going to really rejuvenate your life. And so that may also not even require a ton of resources. That's not taking a yacht or a cruise. Um, That is just about taking responsibility for this one life we have. And that might require a big, scary decision.
0: Yeah. And I think in my experience, the more of those little things that I've given myself permission to do, the more ready I was for the big things, right? (gasps) The more that I let myself feel good about those moments the greater the juxtaposition became to the things that weren't working and that allowed me to accept what was true about what needed to change um you have a book you have a book coming up yeah i'm the other day
1: (gasps) yes i am beyond excited okay so it's called you only die once how to make it to the end with no regrets it's Everything we've been talking about here and more, and it's available for pre-order, and it comes out on May seventh. So
0: I bought mine
1: already. Um, Did you?
0: And where can we find? So I know there's the Instagram, but I also want to plug there's the research on your website. So can you? Where huh. can we find you on the Instagram? And then also, we're gonna tell everyone to go take the survey on your website. Yeah.
1: Oh, okay. Thank you. Okay, so Instagram is at four thousand Mondays, and you have to spell out four thousand. I know it's annoying. And then my website where I do have resources, including a calculator, which will calculate your Mondays for you if math is a problem in your life. And that is 4000mondays.com where you'll also see that um, quiz pop up, which is the how alive or dead are you quiz, which will kind of diagnose maybe what zone you're in and, and then give you a guide about how to maybe do something about it.
0: Yeah, I wish I had planned ahead. I'm scrolling really quickly to your website to see if I can find the calculator fast and be like, ah, oh, I should have checked my Mondays before. Oh, it's all right. Go to the resource page, but uh, I, I could will. probably, uh, we could, yeah, we could make this
1: happen.
0: Um, any. So thank you so much for coming on the show, my friend. <laughs> thank you for sharing your beautiful, brilliant work with us. Uh, any, Any last thing that you'd like to encourage our listeners as they contemplate their death? <laughs>
1: It is do, do not be afraid of the Grim Reaper. He is, um, he's a wily son of a bee, but man, he is here to help us remember, make us remember that he's coming and we might as well get down to the business of living before he does in fact, I'm knocking.
0: Yeah, Grimmy's your friend. Thank you
1: very much, my friend, Jody Wallman, for being on the
0: show. And I would love to hear your feedback about this and every episode of Better Than Find. So if you want to reach out, you can find me. I'm on Instagram. It's Darlene.coach. My email is info at Darlene.coach. If you're going to find me on Instagram, shoot me a DMs, easiest way to get a hold of me with your questions, thoughts, feelings, feedback, ideas. Uh, our sub stack is betterthanfind.substack.com where you can find plenty of resources in addition to going to Jody's resources at 4000mondays.com you're a fan of the show. I hope you already subscribed. Leave us a review. If you're on uh, YouTube, drop us a like, drop us your comments, give me your feedback. Yes, I do check them all and I would love to hear from you. Thank you so much. Take good care of yourself and be well.